Hey, thanks for listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. If you're in the Orlando area, we hope that you'll be able to join us for one of our services. Please check out faithassembly.org for more information or follow us on social media at faithORL. We hope that this message will be an inspiration to you and that you'll find all that God has for your life. Enjoy the message. Remember when you were a kid? Now, recently I said something and later I thought, boy, part of this congregation, part of the church family probably doesn't even get that because there were things that we said growing up you probably never heard of, but most of you. How many of you sang or heard song, the little song, Sticks and Stones may break my bones, but what? Words will never hurt me. Who wrote that? Who gave it to kids to sing? What a dumb song. And uh, sticks and stones, I sang it. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Oh, yeah. Oh, please, don't say that. All right. Um, You may have been hit, bruised, and you healed from a spanking or someone you you're a guy you got into a little tussle with somebody and they won you lost and uh, you are a little beat up you healed from that many many years ago but I suspect there are people in this room that had words spoken over your life that now it's 10 15 maybe even 40 years plus you have still not healed It's still a sensitive area in your life. You may not even be conscious of it, but what was told you still impacts your life. But the good news is there is always freedom in Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? Uh, I heard some terrible things growing up. Let me tell you this little thing I read recently. It said, a son, he comes home. He says, Dad, Dad, I've got a part in the school play. I play Edward Ferdinand, a man who's been married 25 years. Dad says, well, son, maybe next time you'll get a speaking part. Um, Now, I shouldn't have said that, should I? All right, so anyway, forgive me, ladies. It's just kind of funny, all right? But anyway, it doesn't apply to anybody here. This was some other family somewhere else, all right? And... uh, I read this, the fastest land mammal in the world. The fastest land mammal in the world. Do you know what it is? It's a toddler that's been asked, what's in your mouth? And I mean, they take off like a streak of lightning. All right. Uh, Words do hurt. Words can hurt. Uh, I heard terrible things being around boys growing up, unsaved, little heathens, uh, They said things, I was a nice kid, I really was. I seldom ever said anything bad, but uh, others, uh, well, when I was really, really little, I was a mean little kid, mom said, but I grew out of that, became very, very, very nice. But I heard little jokes like, uh, you're so ugly, they use your face to make monster cookies. Uh, And uh, you hear things like that. And earlier I was thinking about it, When I was a kid in elementary, seventh grade, right around there, I literally thought, this is going to shock some of you, 
I literally thought I was ugly. Don't say amen. All right, so we'll have you escorted out of here. But uh, I thought I was ugly. Literally, uh, I would go to the bathroom constantly and comb my hair and look. And this is going to blow you away. But literally at 16, 17, when I started dating, when I would get up close to this girl, you know what I did? I put my hand up like this so she couldn't see how ugly I was. Now, all right, so anyway, uh, <laughs> how crazy. Have you ever seen anybody do that? You ever seen anybody do that? Nobody else? I was hoping for one at least. All right, so anyway, I don't know what happened. Eventually, I grew out of it, uh, knew it was a lie of the devil, but it impacted my life. I don't ever remember anybody saying, you're ugly, kid. I don't know if somebody stood over the crib, looked inside, saw me, and said, what an ugly kid. And, uh, and it, I heard it and reacted to it for the next 15 to 18 years. No, I was not an ugly kid. Um, I was actually a very good-looking kid. All right, so anyway, I look back at my picture, and I'm like, oh, my Lord, I was a good-looking kid. And uh, Pastor Jason, yesterday at lunch, he had gone to my home school, found my old yearbook, uh, I don't know how old I was, senior, I guess, and showed the guys. And I looked at that picture, and I'm like, oh, my Lord, I was a good-looking guy. And so I wasn't ugly. Don't listen to the lies of others. And if somebody tells you something about yourself that is not in line, alignment with the Word of God, you renounce it. You say, God, I do not allow that to come in my life. I will not receive that in Jesus' name because it can impact your life if you don't resist it. Well, James chapter 1, verse 19. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Slow to speak produces slow to wrath. Fast to speak produces fast to wrath. James chapter 3, verse 2. For we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what? Word. He is a perfect, mature man, able also to bridle the whole body. Now, last week we talked about the principle of Matthew 18. Since that time, I've analyzed several situations that I've come across, and I'm like, God Almighty, we need to work on this scripture. We need, when somebody does something wrong, and we're in relationship with them, we need to have the spiritual love and compassion for that person to go to them and speak to them in love and share with them, brother, I love you, but can I talk to you? And listen, I know that um, the tendency is to hear it, to know it, and go away and tell somebody else. That is easy. The hard thing to do is to go to a person that needs loving correction. And they may say to you, don't judge me. The Bible says you shouldn't judge. Listen, I'm not judging you 
I love you. I'm not perfect either, but this is hurting your testimony and you, I plead with you, let's pray about this. Um, the easy thing to do is to walk away and tell others and never tell that person. All right, how to detect and respond to a bad report. And many of you know, we tend to enjoy listening to bad reports. There is something about the flesh that absolutely just relishes for somebody to come tell us a juicy morsel about somebody else. I've done it, you've done it, we've all done it, and yet God is speaking to us to make sure that our words, our response to people is scriptural, and then when it's scriptural, we all grow together in this area. So, how many of you will say, I'm not gonna listen to bad reports anymore? Okay, we got 10 people going here. All right, let's go for 20, all right. 30, all right. Let's just keep going, all right? People on a regular basis, can I tell you something? And that all depends on what it is. Uh, people need to be a part of the solution if they're brought into the story. If you're not part of the solution, stay out of the story. So God help us to help people, and that's what we do. So if we ask somebody to help us, help somebody else, fine and good. But that's scriptural, but it is not scriptural to just go around exposing people instead of going to them. Let me say, one of the greatest signs of true love is when we go to a brother or sister and share with them that what they're doing is unscriptural. One of the, uh, one of the difficult things I used to find in church was um, the fact when I would meet a couple, and we've had couples, many, many, probably dozens and dozens of couple, couples in this church that were living together and not married. So there have been times they come to the altar, and I was talking to maybe to them, and I found out because I began to sense that or to discern they weren't married. Uh, and so I said, guys, uh, what do you think about it? I want to encourage you to pray about something. Um, you love each other, obviously, and you got children together. You know, how many kids you have? Seven? All right. So anyway, you're married. You got seven kids together. You love, you're unmarried. You love each other. So let's pray about getting married. Pastor, we can't afford it. The church will buy the license. We'll bring you in the chapel. You bring what, who you want to bring in the chapel. Walk-in wedding. We'll get you hooked up right away. And you can go in peace and, and clear this out of your life. Now, usually, the wife is all for it. Sometimes the man is like, well, I don't know, you know. I don't know. You know, we've only been living together for 10 years. I, I don't know, you know. And I'm like, oh, my God. But years ago, I would have been hesitant to speak into their lives. You know why? Because I would have been concerned about offending them and them leaving. And yet, I, I soon quickly got over that. 
because I'm like, somebody needs to speak loving truth into their life. Now, if you're sitting here married, unmarried, don't feel a bit of guilt. Don't, I'm not saying this to make any guilt come into your life. I'm saying it if that's your situation so that you can say, wow, I do need to get married. We need to get married. Um, and we, the church will help. My goodness, why not? And uh, I think it was last year after the marriage conference, um, a couple came and said, we've got a license. We want to get married tonight after the conference. So look, it's about... Eight o'clock, I'm going to bed. All right, so anyway, no, we went right over to that chapel. I said, well, come on, let's get in the chapel. Got him over there, said, okay, do you do? You say I do? Yes, you say I do? All right, let's do it. All right, so we're out of here. Uh, no, I gave him the full-fledged uh, ceremony. And uh, listen, we want people to enjoy the freedom that comes from obedience to the Word of God. And so God has called all of us, speak the truth in love. Now, that doesn't mean that you walk around after the service tonight and find somebody that you don't know and find that they've got something about them. Say, hey, I need to talk to you. No, we need to first start with those we have relationship with. And therefore, when you've got a relationship with them, you have an open door, a, a potential open door into their lives to speak to them about bringing correction to their lives. All right, it's unfortunate our flesh enjoys listening to bad reports. Then, sometimes people will come to you and ask you things like, you know, let me tell you, my wife really hurt me. All right, and then... If we're not careful, we swing into that and we start uh, asking questions and, and the flesh is excited about hearing it. You know, something happened to my brother years ago. He married a young lady. She had a daughter um, and he really loved her. He loved the daughter and um, still does. But the day came, I saw him and uh, he says, Carl, she's divorcing me. And he was brokenhearted. And me, I was like mad. I'm like, how dare she hurt my brother? She should get on her knees and thank God that he married her. He's a great husband. And I went on and on. And my, I started down that road. And my brother said, Carl, Carl, stop. Stop. He's been telling me what to do, even though he's been my younger brother for years. And so he says, stop. And he says, Carl, I could have been a better husband. I could have done things differently. And when I heard this brother of mine say that, I'm like, oh, my Lord. This guy has got the right spirit. I was getting into anger because she, he, she was hurting him. Um, be careful, and let me just say right off, if you're married and you're going through issues, be, welcome to marriage, first of all, all right? Everybody goes through issues. Now, I'm not talking about the extreme, somebody beating you up or that kind of, I'm just talking about a normal marriage that goes through issues. Don't tell your mother, ladies. 
I'm going to say that again. Do not open your mouth and tell. Mom, you won't believe. Oh, I had to put up with this. I had to put up with it. Mom, and your mom looks at you. Oh, come here, honey. Come here. I told you not to marry that bum. Uh, you come here. <laughs> Hug me, honey. You can come home right now. You can come home right now. No, mama, you need to say, honey, stop that whining and griping. You get on your knees, pray through, thank God for that man, and go home right now. You're not spending the night here, all right? So that's what mama needs to say. Don't tell your problems to somebody else, all right? Keep it close to the vest, unless it's in a counseling uh, situation, all right? Don't look for the exception of what I just said, okay? Now, so... Invitation. Somebody comes up and said, you won't believe what my wife did. You won't believe what my husband did. And all of a sudden, you get sympathizers agreeing with your side of the story. I've told this before, but Alice and I, years and years ago, the couple don't attend um, here, but um, we met with them and we made a fatal mistake. I said, Alice, I'm going to meet here with him. You take the wife and go to the next room. We'll come back together. During the time we were apart, I heard his story. Oh, really? You, I can't believe she'd do that. Oh, my goodness. I feel so sorry for you. Wow, you put up with a lot. I was, I was a bad counselor. And Alice, unfortunately, was doing the same thing next door. She was hearing this story, slightly tainted, both of them. And uh, she's like, Really? Really? And so when it came time for us to come back together, I'm directing the thing, and I said, well, you know, um, and I started directing my comments to her. You need to, what? Alice is like, whoa, wait a minute. Uh, he, uh, da, da, da. And so before long, it was me and Alice. It was like, <laughs> no, he, he, no, yes, yes. I was ready to kick her out of my counseling session. I was like, what are you doing? I'm in charge here. And I realized I'm here. I heard his story. She heard hers. And neither one of them was the whole truth and nothing but the truth, all right? Uh, there's counseling that's starting now, and that probably has for a long time, that I always used to believe that you bring a couple in. And that can be fine and good, but sometimes it turns into, um, it turns into a boxing match almost, you know. You listen to the wife. Good point. I'm going to give you a point. And uh, he's over there. And he said, whoa, wait a minute. That's not the whole truth. Okay, I'll give you half a point. All right, so it's like, and then all of a sudden she comes back with an uppercut. Ooh, wow. Uh, you know, no, that's not proper marriage counseling. You may wonder why I don't do much counseling around here anymore. All right, so, no, I'm not that bad, really. Well, I was, but uh, anyway, now I know someone who's going through counseling and they said, um, you know, because every couple mostly thinks, he thinks if she will just do one, two, three, four, everything would be fine. She's thinking if he will do one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, everything will be fine. And they focus on the other one instead of themselves. And so, here is what we need to do. Examine ourselves 
Paul says, even before we take communion, we don't look around and say, I'm going to examine you, husband. Um, you need to pray through before you take communion. No, you examine yourself. And so this person is going to counseling, happens to be a, a man, and the counselor is saying, no, we don't even need her in here. If you will become in God what God wants you to become, not a floor mat, I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about you becoming God, what God wants you to become, a strong Christian man full of compassion and love and wisdom, then her life will slowly yield to that. And uh, you'll see amazing miracles happen. Um, and when I heard some of the stories, I'm like, whoa, that is purely awesome to focus on ourself. Well, let me give you a verse talking about that. First Peter chapter three, verse one. Uh, it says, wives. All right, likewise be submissive. That's a good word, right? Amen? Be, all right, and well, wives, likewise be submissive. That's a good word, right? Amen. To your own husband, that even if some do not obey the word of God, they don't get saved, they're not obedient to the word. They, we're talking about words and the power of words, but Peter is saying there is power when you don't speak sometimes, all right? So look at this. They, your husband, may be one to the Lord without a word. You don't even have to say anything. You just got to live it. And without a word, you're not going to say, hey, honey, 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 you need to, you need to, you know, you're just going to, you tried that. Stop it. Peter says, without a word, he may be. He didn't say he would, but he said he may be one without a word by the conduct. We switch from our words to our conduct. Godly, compassionate, loving conduct. Wow. If you take out the word submission, Ladies, you may never lead him to the Lord. That's a powerful word. Now, men always like when pastors say, ladies, you need to be submissive. They're like, amen. Um, but let me say to you men, you stay out of that area of her life. She does not need you over there talking about, wife, be submissive. No, you've got a greater challenge. Your greater challenge is to love her as Christ loves the church, all right? So you're going to be working on that one a while. So that's going to occupy all of your time and attention to fulfill that verse. It's going to take the rest of your life, all right? So just get going on it. And when you're tempted to come over here and say, how are you doing with this submission? No, you just get back over there where you belong, all right? And love her as Christ loves the church. And that's a good place for you ladies to say, Amen. All right, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. Husbands, likewise dwell with them with understanding, giving what? Honor, honor, honor to the wife. Love as Christ loves the church to the wife. As the weaker vessel. Certain women don't like that word either. They're like, hey, I'm not weaker. We're going home, we're going to arm wrestle. All right, so we're going to see about this. All right, no, you're not. All right, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. Boy, you may win your husband without a word by our conduct. This is powerful. 
Some, most times we use our words. Sometimes we don't use our words, all right, at the direction of the Holy Spirit. Okay. Uh, somebody comes to you and says, hey, I saw a board member doing something that I don't think was right. Um, uh, should I go tell the pastor? Now, if somebody's listening to that, the possible motivation is they enjoy hearing about the private lives of somebody else. But what we really need to do is say to the person, listen, you need to go to the board member and you need to pull him aside and you need or her or whatever. You need to pull him aside and say, listen, I love you. I don't understand this. Excuse me. I don't understand this. So, uh, brother, what's going on? Because I heard, I saw. And all of a sudden, the board member may say, oh, let me, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. And explain to you something that was about to get taken to another level that should not have been taken to that level. Years ago, um, many years ago, we were looking for a music pastor and I was intent on getting best one I could, finally found him. And so, uh, and so then, uh, yeah, that's a good place, say amen. Um, but back then, I found this guy in Kansas City, big church. We were in Hogan Hall, wasn't so pretty, metal church, all right? He's in this big, glacious, gigantic building, just moved in. And I'm like, why would he want to come here? We didn't even have the other auditorium building, Goldenrod. And I said, why would you want to come here? And this is what he said. Because my pastor, he doesn't support me. He doesn't do this. He doesn't do this. And on and on. About five things. And I said to him, hey, have you ever Talk to him about it? He says, no, I haven't. I said, why don't you go talk to him? He called me back in two or three days, and he said, uh, hey, listen, I'm, I'm not going to be coming. And I'm like, whoa, well, what happened? He said, well, I went and talked to the pastor. And he said, I am so sorry. Please forgive me. I didn't mean for it to come across that way. I, I'm going to make some changes here. And I was not even aware. And I thought, oh, way to go. I lost my music pastor, right? So way to go, Carl. Um, no, he needed to stay right there where he was and work that situation out, which he did, which was absolutely beautiful. I was in the store across from the old church. I ran into a man, he was a, in the, a mechanical um, business, ran into him, he didn't go to our church, but I'd met him several times, and we became friends, and um, he looked down, he looked a little angry, and I said, well, hey, what, what's wrong? He said, well, my pastor, my mother was in the hospital, and she was in there, and we told him, he didn't even go see her. And boy, you could, the steam was kind of coming out. And um, I said, okay, 
I said, listen, I want to encourage you to do something. You need to go talk to him. You need to say, Pastor, you know, I don't understand this. I really needed you, and you weren't there. And I said, maybe he had no excuse at all, but at least what you have done is helped to make him a better pastor by pointing out something that he was not doing. So he's going to be a better pastor. So, Fran, get your little hiney, behind over there and uh, talk to your pastor. Now, I'm going out the back door, so you, I'm not going to have people lined up to talk to me after service, but I'm kidding. Um, but if I've done anything, said anything, you, you need to come to me. If that group over there, those guys have done anything, you need to go to them. And they're going to say, I'm so sorry, forgive me. That's what they're going to do. All right, so anyway, now let's move on here because it's, um, ah, let me give you this verse. 1 Corinthians 11, 28, 31. But let a man or let a woman examine themselves and so eat of the bread, drink of the cup. Uh, for if you judge ourselves, we would not be judged. Uh, I love the subject and study of judging. Everybody in the world mostly thinks don't judge. You're not supposed to judge. The Bible says don't judge. The Bible does not say don't judge in the context of what they mean. The Bible, when it says do not judge, lest you be judged, is talking about don't judge unscripturally. Don't judge or point out faults in others. And when you have the same or bigger problems in your own life that you're not dealing with, you're unscripturally judging when you're pointing out things and exposing people instead of working for their restoration. That's unscriptural judging. But the Word of God expects us to judge scripturally with love, conviction. We're to be fruit inspectors. Uh, you will know them by their fruit, all right? Now, don't look. I mean, you're, you're not to be a full-time fruit, fruit inspector, all right? So... Don't act that way. But um, anyway, all right, let me see here. Where are we going with this? Okay, because I'm going to wrap it up. All right, where are we going to wrap it up at? All right, let's go back. Let's talk about Moses. That poor guy had problems. All right, so anyway, um, let's talk a little bit about Moses. Um, Moses confessed to having a problem with his tongue. Um, in Exodus chapter 6, verse 12, and Moses spoke before the Lord saying, the children of Israel have not heeded me. He's talking to God because God has said, go to Pharaoh. And then he says, how then shall Pharaoh heed me? For I am of uncircumcised lips. Now, there's people that think that means different things, but Overall, I think the overarching theme there is Moses is saying, I speak and I say, thus saith the Lord. And yet, the people, your people, God, don't listen to me. So if they don't listen to me, then I go into Pharaoh. He's like, oh, yeah, thus saith the Lord, big deal. He doesn't listen to me. So 
I am a man of uncircumcised lips. In other words, when I speak in your name, there's not the power there. There's not the intensity where people sit up and listen because it's the word of the Lord. Um, and so Moses, of course, obeyed God regardless of the fact that Pharaoh every time rejected not just him, but most importantly, God. Now, what got him into big time trouble? Let's read about it in Numbers chapter 20. He says, then the Lord spoke to Moses, verse seven, take the rod, you and your brother Aaron, gather the congregation together, they needed water, and he says, speak to the rock. Speak to this big rock there in the wilderness, speak to it before their eyes, and it will yield its water. Thus you shall bring water from them out of the rock. Give drink to the congregation and their animals. Wow. Now, it's interesting because over in Exodus chapter 17 is the first time he got water out of a rock. And God said, strike the rock. And water gushed out. But this time, pay attention, this time God says, speak to the rock. I believe that God was saying, people are not as impressed, Moses, when you strike the rock and water comes out. But my power is going to be demonstrated. The awe of what you're about to do is gonna overwhelm people. You're gonna speak to this rock and water's just gonna gush out. Wow. So here's what Moses did. They pulled all the people together. Now Moses, the wilderness was hot. There were about uh, estimated three to five, six million Jews out in the wilderness whining, griping, grumbling, complaining, day after day. Moses was about here. He was, well, let's see what he said. He said to them, to the people, here now, you rebels, must we bring water for you out of this rock? Then Moses lifted his hand and struck the rock twice with his rod. He was mad. And water came out abundantly. And the congregation and the animals drank. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, because you did not believe me to hallow me in the eyes of the people of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I've given them. Moses was supposed to speak to the rock. It's incredible what God says about speaking. He said, speak to this mountain and it will be lifted up and cast into the sea if you believe. Wow. The power of our words. Think about it. There's several other places where Jesus said, speak, speak. There is power in your mouth. It's like a dagger that can bring life and healing and wholeness to people, or it can slash people 
My God, the words that come out of our mouth. And when we are anointed, and of course as believers we are, and the Holy Spirit is speaking through us, the power of our words to encourage, to lift up. Someone recently texted me and I sent them um, a message of trying to encourage them. And they sent me word that you will never know what the words you said meant to me. How many of us have ever read something from someone, a testimony, maybe whatever else, and all of a sudden we're broken before God? Words, the power of words. Listen, Pastor John says it on a regular basis. You got a mountain in your pathway. You got a problem in your pathway. You got situations in your life. Speak to it. Do not say, ah, we're never gonna get over this. Stop it, smack your mouth, all right? Do not say that. Don't say, I guess I'm gonna be poor the rest of my life. I'm never gonna get well. Stop it, stop it, stop it now. Do not. If you can't believe to say something positive, then keep your mouth shut, all right? So that's the second best thing to speaking out in faith is just keep your mouth shut. It is better to keep your mouth shut than to go on a rampage about how nothing is good and nothing's gonna get better and uh, just stop your mouth, shut up. Should I use that word? No. All right, so anyway, stop it, stop it, stop it. But better than that, Start speaking life into your own life. Start speaking hope into your situation. Absolutely, there is power in your words. Alice has had tape up in the bathroom or somewhere else for years and years and years. The power of your words. Uh, I don't read it every day, but periodically, my attention is drawn to it. And as I read it, I think about the power of our words and how it shapes not only my life, but others, my children, what I say to them, what I say to others. And you have the same power in your anointed mouth. I hope you enjoyed listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. Thanks for joining with us in our pursuit of getting closer to Christ. Stay tuned for more messages released every week. God bless.